0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a new report finds women-owned businesses have faced lower sales and higher closure rates during the pandemic. Where to find strategies and support to help female entrepreneurs survive and thrive in the new normal. Also coming up this morning, as neighboring counties move off the state COVID map's red alert level, frustration mounting with continued restrictions in Hancock County, even as vaccinations become more readily available. And spring has sprung, not a moment too soon, we have what you need to get the most out of the warmer weather and longer days. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, March twenty second, 2021.
1: WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 First Alert Forecast is calling for partly sunny skies today and a high of 69, partly cloudy tonight with a low 45. Hancock County Health officials will begin partnering with local companies to expand distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. Hancock Public Health says the designated companies will administer the vaccine through closed point of dispensing or CPOD sites on their campuses. The list of companies with CPOD status will be announced soon. Hancock Public Health says currently the new CPOD sites will be closed to the general public, but planning will continue to develop additional open points of distribution sites for the general public. Get more details on our website. I'm Matt Demchek reporting. Ohioans 40 and older are now eligible to sign up for the COVID vaccine. The state opened a new phase on Friday that also includes people with certain health conditions. Then, starting a week from today, March 29th, anyone 16 years old and older can get vaccinated. So far, around 2.8 million Ohioans have started the vaccination process, which is about 24% of the state population. In Hancock County, around 17,000 have started the process, which is about 22% of the county population. The Findlay Fire Department's technical rescue team recently completed a rope rescue course at Owen's Center for Emergency Preparedness.
2: It was a really good training class,
3: and uh, the, the benefits we really see is, is that team functionality, where they're all training on
2: the same topic and getting to work as, as a group in a rescue scenario.
1: Chief Josh Eberly says technical rescue calls are low-frequency, high-risk emergencies that require continual training. See some pictures of the training on our website. The president of the University of Findlay recently traveled to Columbus to testify before the Ohio House Financial Subcommittee on Higher Education.
4: Over the last three years,
0: we've reduced our expenditures by $10 million without drastic reduction in force but with disciplined spending.
1: Dr. Katherine Fell provided insight into the financial situation higher education institutions are facing, as well as how the committee can help foster more educational opportunities for Ohioans. More news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm John Marshall, WFIN News.
0: Today is as young as you feel day. (laughs) As young as you feel day. Today I which is odd that it falls on a Monday because I don't know on Mondays I tend to feel really really old I don't know why but anyway as young as you feel day it is National Goof Off Day today and today would be a good day for it with the weather going to be what it is so don't feel guilty about goofing off a little today National Sing Out Day sing a song today and world Water Day today as well. So the reasons to celebrate the observances of the day today. So this is a story of the cancel culture coming back to bite you. (laughs) This will be one that people who have decried the cancel culture that we seem to be in the middle of these days... As a perfect example of it, you know, coming back uh, to haunt you. A uh, staffer for Teen Vogue magazine who supported the ouster of Alexi McCammond, just after she was hired as editor-in-chief earlier this month. So they hired Alexi McCammond as uh, editor-in-chief earlier this month for the uh, editor of the uh, magazine. And uh, she was there for all of like a couple weeks or something. And she lost her job because it was revealed she had tweeted some racist comments about Asian Americans 10 years ago when she was 17 years old. Now, that's not to excuse that kind of behavior. But 10 years ago, she was 17 years old. People do grow up. Anyway, so one of the senior staffers at the magazine who uh, tweeted about this herself and commended the magazine for letting the new editor-in-chief go has now herself been discovered to have used the N-word in tweets over a decade ago, herself. (laughs) And this would be Christine Davitt, the senior social media manager. For the company, uh, tweeted twice to a friend in 2009 uh, using the uh, using the n word in her tweets, and in 2010 used the same word in a lame attempt at a joke. Again, not to excuse any of this, but we're talking more than ten years ago, and uh, so anyway, an uproar over McCammon's past tweets including from Teen Vogue staffers, Davitt among them. Um, McCammon, who apologized for the tweet, said she would no longer be taking the editor-in-chief position. Uh, Ms. Davitt tweeted after that announcement, exhales the deepest sigh I've ever sighed. And it turns out that she uh, was no better. She had her own issues with uh, tweets that she shouldn't have tweeted. So it just... It comes back to, to bite. I mean, again, everybody's got a skeleton in the closet somewhere. Um, so what do they say about those in glass houses? Here is the latest with uh, former President Trump, speaking of social media. Now, you remember uh, for a while there was, there was talk that President Trump was going to start a third political party, his own political party. Well, apparently now he has scrapped that idea. There were rumors that he was going to start his own media empire, like a, a new broadcast media empire. And he apparently scrapped those ideas. Now comes word that the former president, being that he is barred from Twitter and Facebook and other social media sites uh, in the wake of what happened at the tail end of his term, apparently, uh, Mr. Trump's spokesperson said on Sunday That the former president will be launching his own social media platform. Jason Miller, who is a longtime advisor to Trump, said on Fox News Media Buzz that Trump would be, quote, returning to social media in two or three months with his own platform. Now, he didn't give any details, but but he did say that the platform is going to be big and we will completely redefine the game. So that definitely sounds like Donald Trump. And that's that's something that Donald Trump would say. It's going to be huge. It's going to redefine the game. So stay tuned for that. The latest scuttlebutt involving the former president. A couple of other uh, interesting news stories. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories. Have you gotten your COVID vaccine yet? While you are waiting, you might want to take uh, a a regimen of aspirin. It says here... That uh, taking a low dose of aspirin could be beneficial for COVID-19 patients. Researchers have found that taking aspirin daily, low dose aspirin daily, could lower the likelihood of a patient needing a ventilator or being admitted to the ICU by more than 40 percent, more than 40 percent reduction. Uh, Aspirin also cut the risk of death by nearly 50 percent compared to people who were not taking it. Experts say it's because the medication is a blood thinner and COVID-19 can cause blood clots that can make the illness more severe. So, doesn't necessarily combat COVID-19 directly, more so the effects of the virus. Researchers say aspirin use may be associated with improved outcomes in hospitalized COVID-19 patients. They further they note that further research would be needed to find more Find out more about the possible benefits. But hey, you know, in the meantime, while you're waiting for your vaccine, you can go on an aspirin regimen, perhaps. Of course, should say, as they always do, consult your physician before beginning any medication regimen. But interesting stuff. Number of people canceling their gym memberships have soared over the past year amid the pandemic, with gyms either closed or in many places reopened with safety Restrictions. Uh, people have been finding other alternatives, and now that the vaccines have brought the light at the end of the tunnel, it turns out that uh, many of those gym goers plan not to return to the gym even when it's over. Survey by sports company Run Repeat found that more than one third of U.S. gym members do not intend to ever return. there's was a survey of 11,000 gym members around the world. And the U.S. had the highest percentage, 35%, who said that they won't return even after being vaccinated. Global average was 28%. So here's the question. Is that because people who do typically go to the gym found other alternatives that they're perfectly happy with and don't cost them whatever the membership fee is? Or or is it just those people who are looking for an excuse anyway? And here you go. I got to think it's a little bit more of the latter, but uh, anyway, <laughs> if you were looking for an excuse to quit the gym, now you've got it. And here's something to think about this morning. I'll give you this to chew on as we start off your day. How old do you feel? Again, we were talking about the fact that it is as young as you feel day today. People really do age at different rates. According to a new study out of Duke University, researchers found that by age 45, those with a faster pace of biological aging were more likely to feel, function, and look far older than they actually were. And for those individuals, the relative sprint toward old age actually began in their 20s. Their 20s! Getting, getting old. i 25. Getting old. Uh, the experts say this shows we need to take a different view of aging. Maxwell Elliot, researcher on this project, Duke University, says aging is a lifelong process. It doesn't suddenly begin at the age of 60. It is believed genes likely play a role in biological aging, but nothing is set in stone as lifestyle choices and environmental factors also contribute. In the future, researchers hope they can translate what they are learning about the aging process into maybe medications that can be given to people at the right time, the right stage of life. (laughs) Kind of like dog food. You have the puppy food. You have the (laughs) medium, uh, midlife uh, dog. You have the aged dog uh, food. We'd have the same thing for humans, in a manner of speaking. Anyway, there you go. There you go. Uh, so, So if you feel older... Then do, do your friends, for whatever reason, and yet you're younger than them, but you feel older. There you go. A Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start off your Monday morning. Well, March is Women's History Month and a great time, especially right now, to support women-owned businesses that, as a group have faced lower sales and higher closure rates during the pandemic. Joining us this morning to talk about strategies and support for female entrepreneurs is Facebook's head of multicultural communications, Sonia Shroka. And Sonia, you recently put out a report in conjunction with the Small Business Roundtable on the state of women-owned small businesses. What did you find?
3: Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me in your show. Yes, as you're saying, you know, the pandemic has really affected all of us, but especially small businesses. A recent state of small business report that you're talking about showed that women-owned small businesses are experiencing lower sales, as you said, higher closure rates as part of the pandemic. For example, 28% of women-owned small businesses are still closed. Also, very interesting, we found out that the report showed 25% of women business leaders spend four hours or more per day on domestic care activities compared to 7% of men spending that time. So definitely, it's not balanced, and this is why the business is suffering.
0: I wonder if uh, one of the things at play here is whether women in general tend to own businesses that are more susceptible to struggling in a challenging environment like this. I, you know, I don't want to be sexist, but technology and home repair companies have fared much better than, say, coffee shops and clothing stores, where I would imagine the concentration of women-owned businesses is much higher.
3: Well, I think there are many reasons why, but I think one of the reasons what we shared, you know, especially is the time that women are spending away from their business, focusing on a, their homes. A good and point. And so that obviously pro- is taking is taking a toll on the ability to be able. Imagine four hours out of the day if you have a yeah. a, a work day of a certain amount of hours. it's a huge chunk of time. And um and yeah and this and women are at the forefront of this pandemic, leading their homes, leading businesses, leading healthcare. So there's so many things and now that we're honoring women in this Women's History Month, there's so much to be grateful for. But this is what we're here and what, what we're here to talk about, yeah. how we can support. Well- the small businesses exactly
0: Uh, exactly and and some of what you're talking about there also does play into maybe some of those gender stereotypes so something to bear in mind there and i would hate to think that these businesses are more at risk because of some inherent bias against female entrepreneurs is it because of maybe a knowledge gap about the resources and tools that can help them weather storms like this because that would uh, be seemingly a, a much easier fix
3: well you know at facebook we're here to train and help all small businesses and we see that there's need for training a need for all small businesses to understand more especially about the fast digital changing world but there's so much that you know people can do to support small businesses and i can give you an example especially as i said talking about women's history month we can support women-owned businesses by visiting the women-owned shopping collections on facebook and instagram just go to the shop tab you can also visit instagram's official shopping account at shop very easy but also there's other ways to help small businesses by simply following them on social media interacting with them liking their posts sharing their business with your circle of friends and family it's really that easy and it's also free for you to do that you can really make a difference and help boost small businesses in the community the other interesting thing to share with you chris is that interactions in real time with private messaging on messenger and instagram have seen an increase of 40% over the last year. This trend has accelerated by COVID-19, of course, in the pandemic. You know, people are communicating real-time online. People are seeing more online because businesses went from being offline, right, to adapting to the new normal and going online. So we're seeing more of this exchanges and more of this interaction.
0: You bring up a couple of good points there. Number one, of course, we have a, uh, it's imperative for consumers, we have a role to play uh, in making conscious efforts to support local businesses, especially in this uh, context, women-owned businesses. So uh, consumers have a role to play. And then you're talking about Uh, some of the survival strategies that can help businesses again, particularly those owned by women survive and thrive during these difficult times. Give us some more examples of, uh, of ways in which uh, entrepreneurs, again, particularly women entrepreneurs can uh, reach out and, and help themselves in times like these.
3: That's right. You know, it's so important to find new ways to grow your business, finding ways to really um, settle your business anytime, but especially now. The digital world, as we said, is changing, and we have free training. That is specifically what you need right now is to get additional tips, additional ways on how you can boost your business. So I would love to invite all women-owned small businesses to check out the She Means Business Space to connect, support, and inspire This is a program that we launched about five years ago. We've trained over 1 million entrepreneur women around the world. And we have a great training coming up on March 29th, March 29th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Simply go to Facebook.com slash teaming business event and sign up for it.
0: So that is uh, coming up here in about a week. We want to circle that on your calendar. And as you mentioned, and I want to go back and underscore, in addition to providing the resources and the tools that folks can uh, actively take advantage of to help promote and and uh, uh, grow their businesses, uh, you, folks also will find uh, inspiration in the uh, in the form of examples of how these strategies have actually worked Uh, in the real world for real businesses.
3: That's right. I think it's really important to get that training and to figure out how to use the tools, but it's also just as important or even more to hear directly from people that have been in your shoes for people that have experienced certain situations and for you to learn from them and inspire each other. I mean, there's so many great examples of small businesses that I can share with you, but one one of the tips that, I love hearing from the small, business, small, small businesses is that you need to share more about you, the person behind the business. It's very important because people want to buy from people. Or like I like to say, it's better to do business with friends. If you want to establish that credibility, that trust, that relationship, people need to get to know you and not just your product. So really get out there and show the world who you are.
0: Uh, So important, Uh, even in an online uh, economy, in in e-commerce, it all comes down to those personal relationships. And uh, again, so we mentioned the uh, 29th, the date for uh, the uh, resource session that you mentioned. And as we said, as consumers, something we need to keep in the back of our mind to support local businesses, particularly women-owned businesses. Uh, Again, uh, Sonia Sroka is the head of Multicultural Communication for facebook and mention again the website where folks can get more information
3: please go visit facebook.com slash she means business event to sign up for the free all virtual training and networking which is really important event that's coming up on march 29th starting at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern
0: Once again, joined in the studio by Hancock Public Health Commissioner Kareem Baroudi. As neighboring counties move off of the state's COVID map, uh, the red alert level anyway, when could we expect that to happen? And what about the latest in uh, vaccines? We have some new news in that respect. Uh, Kareem, thanks for uh, dropping by, first of all. Talk a little bit about the uh, the the COVID map. The a bit of a frustration here is that it seems that we have uh, done a, a fairly good job in uh, the community. Uh, we've got lots of vaccinations out there. Uh, cases seem to have leveled off. They you know, go up and down uh, in small numbers, uh, but it just seems that we are persistently in on that red level. What what is it going to take? What is the metric that we are not meeting? to move off of the red level, like Putnam County, Allen County, uh, I think Auglaise County is all the way down to yellow now. So what is it that we're missing here?
4: Good morning, Chris, and thank you for having me this morning. Uh, I think the, our numbers are being a little stubborn when it comes to the incidence of the of the infections in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a metric that's uh, our indicator by CDC saying how many uh, cases we have in 100,000 uh, individual or residents. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it this morning. It's up to 141. Um, the last few weeks, we've been hovering around 120, 119, and we were hoping that we'll drop under 100.
0: So is that the is that the threshold to go to orange is 100?
4: It's to drop to to under 100 cases per 100,000 okay. individuals in the county. Okay. Um and um to be honest with you um late last week a little bit we we've, we've had a little uptick in numbers. Um, Those um, over the weekend stabilized a little bit. So uh, we're watching closely here. Uh, For some reason, our numbers are are staying stubborn at that level. Uh, We need to drop them further. Uh, We were averaging about six to seven, eight uh, cases per day. We need to drop below five cases a day to be able to achieve that okay, so metric.
0: Kind of the mag- magic number yes. there. Uh and so it just reiterates the importance of maintaining all of those precautions that we've been talking about for the better part of a year now. Uh, on how to avoid the community spread, which becomes very difficult as the weather breaks. And uh, again, people want to get outside. Uh, People are growing uh, more weary by the day uh, of having to uh, maintain all of these uh, protocols. But that's really what it's going to take.
4: That's what's going to take, along with the vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get offered the vaccine, if you're eligible, um, I will please see- seek an appointment to get the vaccine. If you're still hesitant about it, talk to your doctor about it. Um, you know, uh, convince yourself, do some research. Um, It's very important for us to get vaccinated. Um, We're in a race. I've said it multiple times, you know, between the vaccine and the variants of that virus. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely important that we vaccinate as fast as possible and as safe as possible.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that, uh, getting the vaccinations ahead of the the spread of those uh, more virulent strains to uh, provide some protection with respect to that. And on the vaccine front, uh, there is movement, obviously, we've gone into additional phases, more people being uh, eligible and what a week from now uh, it'll be virtually everybody.
4: Yes, which is great news. I mean, we've talked a couple of weeks ago about getting more and more vaccines in town. Um, I think the supply chain is easing up big time. Um, and I think we already here locally, uh, we're partnering with uh, with corporates who are who are uh, approved to be providers, who have the capacities, um, so we can get the vaccine as quick as we can.
0: Yeah, that's uh, in the news this morning. Those close points of distribution uh, at uh, major employers, major businesses, and so on again for their employees. uh Hence the term closed. Uh, but I, again, that's the other uh, big. Uh, news with respect to getting making this more available is hopefully here in the not too distant future we'll have open points of distribution more more locations where people can get their vaccine.
4: Absolutely right, and and I think um, enlisting the help of those corporations, they're big employers in town, um, they have a big contingency of our population, especially the 40 and above that are eligible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to help public health and the hospital system to um, to preserve the resources to. To be to be able to go more to populations who don't have that access. Um, so it's important for us to enlist our partners here as many, as much as well we can.
0: What, what kind of a time frame do you envision before those uh, sorts of open points of distribution will be available?
4: I'm thinking by the end of the month. Okay. Um, uh, to be honest with you, once it becomes available, it's all contingent on how much vaccine we get in town as well Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're up to about 20 providers that are approved by the state to give the vaccine in town um, and we keep enlisting more and more Um, I think the more convenient and um, we make it for our for our citizens to to get the vaccine the better we are
0: so for now you do have a number of clinics that are coming up vaccination clinics that are coming up even this week do folks folks still need to make appointments uh four times to come in
4: Yes, appointments are very important because um unlike any other virus, this is you know with the with the precautions in place and the safety um of everybody that that visit those clinics when we talking about five hundred six hundred a thousand people coming to get their shots. we don't want everybody coming at once, mm-hmm. please call four one nine four two four seven one oh five. Um, and ask for, for an available appointment. Appointments are made in five minutes increments. This way we don't congregate. We don't get everybody in in a building at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll go in. Everything's been smooth for the last few months we've been doing this. Um, you go in at your appointment time. You get your shot. You get your instructions. And you get an appointment for the next shot as well.
0: And uh, so the the reason for the appointment, uh, again, to spread out the, uh, uh, the number of people who are in uh, at a time, because I... Wondering, will we get to the point where, uh, like with a seasonal flu shot, where you can pretty much walk into the pharmacy and say, hey, can I get my flu shot? And they'll take care of it right there. I mean, we, will we get to that point?
4: Eventually, when we get enough, you know, a percentage of our population vaccinated, probably we'll get to that point.
0: And, and, and it is a... Uh, um, question of the demand or the supply uh, that, that holds that back?
4: I think both. Because demand, again, there's a big demand for it now. We don't want everybody coming in at once, yeah. once. And the supply as well, because we want to keep an accurate count of, of the vaccine, how many doses were given the particular day. Mm-hmm. We don't want to waste any. And yeah. I, I'm proud to say uh, we've been into this three months now. We haven't wasted a dose here in Hancock County.
0: That uh, is the other uh, question in terms of supply. Plenty. Of, you're getting plenty of supply to to me because, again, at the very beginning, we were talking about how long would it take to move from the first phase to the next phase and, and so on and so forth. And we were actually at, at first a little behind where the governor wanted everybody to be. So we played a little bit of catch up. But right now we're in good shape
4: we are in good shape and it's going to get better.
0: Okay. Uh, so that's where uh, things stand. The numbers we need to reach to move off of the the red level, which everyone wants to see. And again, those uh, clinics available yet this week, there are opportunities. And what's the uh, number? to? Call?
4: Uh, that's 419-424-7105. Please press 1 for, to schedule an appointment and um, uh, a live person will be on, on the line to help you through it.
0: All right. Very good. Again, uh, Hancock Public Health Commissioner Kareem Baruti with us this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. We Appreciate it. Thank
4: you, Chris.
1: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. Police in North Ridgeville, Ohio, that's Lorain County, uh, western suburbs of uh, Cleveland, in North Ridgeville, this past Monday, got a call from a resident saying he had discovered a raccoon inside his dishwasher. <laughs> That's not usually not usually where you find raccoons. Yeah, in your trash, uh, sometimes, sure, but uh, in maybe in the you know under your front porch nesting whatever. But in your dishwasher, not very often do you find that police send an animal control officer to investigate who indeed found a raccoon asleep inside the dishwasher when he arrived. Apparently, the animal had broken in through a bathroom light and ransacked the kitchen before settling in for a nap under some dirty dishes. (laughs) The raccoon was ultimately led out of the house on a leash by the officer. It took about 20 minutes to coax the raccoon out of the dishwasher. The animal unharmed. This is not the first time something like this has happened in North Ridgeville. Other odd calls involving animals include the time a kangaroo got loose in 2015. Again, not something you would expect to find in suburban Cleveland. (laughs) But a kangaroo got loose in 2015 and a cow fell off a trailer and wandered away in 2019. So apparently they keep their animal control officers pretty busy there in North Ridgeville for whatever reason. They're not the only ones who deal with unusual animals. A goat that led police on a chase near downtown Las Vegas has now been adopted. It's got a story with a happy ending. The one-year-old goat named Boozy or Buzzy made uh, police chase him for over an hour back on March 13th. After police finally caught him, he was taken to the Animal Foundation, who treated him for a minor respiratory infection. Well, you know, you run around <laughs> the police chasing you for uh, and for more than an hour. You're going to be a little short of breath. The uh, animal, they say, needs more treatment, but is expected to make a full recovery. Police say they attempted to identify the owners of the goat, but he was ultimately put up for adoption uh, this past Thursday. Found a new home that same day. So (laughs) you can see anything in Vegas, but normally police chasing a goat is not something you expect. Of all of the things you might see in Vegas. Uh, Speaking of things that you... I don't know might see in Vegas. Uh this is weird. In St Petersburg, a couple has been uh has been uh well, they're being sought. They have yet to identify the couple, but they're looking for him. Police are looking for him after this couple broke into a closed movie theater and uh, <clears throat> started getting busy with it right there in front of the big screen. It was a closed theater. It was all caught on security cam. Uh, Reports are the couple stole their way into the Kinograd Cinema on March 18th and enjoyed uh, five-finger discount at the snack bar first, filling their popcorn tubs and uh, stealing sodas. And then the Lovebirds made their way into a dark theater before starring in their own X-rated movie in the front row. basically unaware that it was being filmed for posterity on closed circuit television. So they have, they still have yet to uh, identify the couple, but, you know, on the lookout. Man, weird. Again, people have been locked away in quarantine for far too long. This is what happens when you, um, this is a, uh, follow up. Uh, where was this story? Um, well, maybe not. I thought I... uh, Oh, yes, here it is. A Washington state woman. You may remember this uh, story back last September. A Washington state woman has now been charged uh, for uh, having intimate relations with a priest on the church altar at a parish in Louisiana. happened last September. You remember this story? Criminal documents identify 41-year-old Mindy Lynn Dixon of Kent, Washington, as being part of uh, this um, activity on top of the altar at the uh, at the church the catholic church the incident uh, noticed by a passerby who captured part of it on video reported it to police Uh, they uh, say two women dressed in corsets and high-heeled boots were filming the encounter in the church the women told police they were there with permission from the former priest, later identified as Travis John Clark. What I thought was interesting about this, the woman has been charged with vandalism. <laughs> all, all things. Oh, vandalism. Okay. Uh, there you go. Let's see here. So a follow-up on that story. In New Orleans, this is one creative way to bring light to a neighborhood issue. Natalia Harvey says it has been a full year Since construction started on her street, (laughs) and they still haven't finished it after a year. It's just a regular street. It's not a highway or anything. It's just a regular residential street and has been under construction for a year. So she decided to throw a birthday party (laughs) for the construction. She says since it all began, half the street has been impassable. And just last week, the street had a six-foot-deep hole in it. So she threw the party complete with a cake replicating the roadwork posted videos, uh, posted photos of her party to Facebook. (laughs) Get this done already. And finally, in the broken news this morning, I I thought this was really funny. Um, A school in the London suburb of Crawley, West Sussex, has enforced a strict dress code, not for their students, for the parents. Apparently, a number of parents have been showing up to pick up their children wearing mini skirts low-cut tops even pajamas and school officials want it to stop (laughs) officials are concerned about the parents wearing clothing that looks like underwear during the school run uh the playground etiquette letter urges parents to dress appropriately when collecting their children to give a sense of pride and commitment to the values of the school (laughs) That's pretty sad. What does it say when we have to, the school has to enforce a dress code for the parents? There you go. That is today's Broken News Report. This update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: You can help recognize outstanding teachers
0: in Findlay and Hancock County. Nominate a current teacher who made a difference in your life for the Findlay Rotary Club's Golden Apple Awards. Place your nomination online at FindlayRotary.org. Nomination deadline is April 2nd.
1: Please promote the work, dedication, and achievements of all teachers by nominating an excellent teacher for the Golden Apple Awards. This message provided by WFIN.
0: Now, for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives, the World Happiness Report is out. Now, uh, they do this every year, and I don't know who creates the World Happiness Report, frankly. I don't know who's responsible for this, but they analyze uh, the happiest countries in the world based on a number of different factors. But they say that the United States is the 14th happiest country in the world. 14th happiness. Who's on top? Uh, Finland, Iceland, and Denmark, the happiest countries in the world. Sweden came in sixth place, and Norway came in eighth. So the Scandinavian countries, they always tend to do very well in this world happiness report. Uh, Some of the reasons they cited. Finland's death rate from COVID-19, the lowest in the European Union. And the country scored highest in the categories of freedom, healthy lifestyle, and social solidarity. So Finland at the top of the list. Iceland, Denmark, the top three. New Zealand made it into the top 10 happiest countries after virtually stopping transmission of the virus there. So that played a big factor in the list this year. The United States, as we mentioned, came in 14th. We are still better than the UK. Merry old England, not so merry after all, as it turns out. In 18th place, and Zimbabwe at the bottom of the list in 95th place, Tanzania was 94th, and Jordan was 93rd. India was 92nd, so kind of interesting. Well, spring is finally upon us, and here this morning with what you need to get the most out of the nicer weather and the longer days is mom and lifestyle expert Marissa Brainy. Marissa, what is your best advice for families as we usher in this spring season that we have waited so long for?
2: Yeah, Chris, we've waited for what feels like forever for this spring, and we've certainly earned some family fun. So as we get out more with the nicer weather, this is really the time to look ahead and make a plan for your family so you can all make the most out of the coming months. So it's the perfect time to plan that spring or summer getaway. It's something to look forward to for everyone. You can kind of use it as incentive for the whole family to get their spring to-do list checked off, And studies show even planning a vacation is linked to better health and happiness. So that's a win. (laughs) Now, road trips are sure to be all the rage again this year. Uh, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts has thousands of hotels across 20 brands. So places like Days Inn, Super 8, La Quinta, Travel Lodge, and Howard Johnson. So this is nice because it really gives your family a range of price points they all have flexible cancellation policies, and of course there's enhanced health and safety protocols, which we know are so important right now so that you can book with confidence and peace of mind. And Chris, a little money-saving tip right here, it's actually member month. So it's a great time to book with their award-winning loyalty program because you can actually earn a free night When you stay three nights or more, you can get all the details at WyndhamHotels.com.
0: I love what you're mentioning there—that even planning the vacation gets people in a better mood. So it's even that anticipation uh, is is good for us this time of year. Now. Uh, Also, this is a good time to maybe take a close look at um, your organizational structure, uh, maybe organize your schedules. Things are going to get very busy here in the crazy days of summer before too long. So what are some ways to uh, organize the family schedule? Yeah, we
2: all think about this as a time of refreshing, and really for us that means staying on top of all the family commitments. I have three kids, five and under, so it does get very busy around here. I love dry erase boards. They are my friends. I keep them around the house. I find them to be easy visual reminders for everyone in the family to keep track of things like doctor's appointments, spring sports are starting up, maybe that vacation we talked about just planning, and even vet appointments, because we know that pets are just as much a part of our family. Pets add so much to our overall well being, helping with everything from fighting depression to actually lowering our blood pressure. So it's really important to know some budget friendly options to help you manage costs associated with your pet's life. Care Credit is a health and pet care credit card that helps patients pay for out of pocket expenses for themselves, their families, and their pets related to health care. So the card allows you to pay for treatments through promotional financing. So you can get that recommended care when you need it and want it. And what's great is it's accepted at 8 out of 10 eligible vets nationwide. And you can get all of the details at
0: carecredit.com such an important point that uh after last year uh maybe forget just how busy things can get this time of year uh as things start uh, kicking up again um and then of course let's get to the fun stuff uh because the spring is all about uh, getting out uh with the family time for family fun how can we make more time for all of that
2: i find that putting into place to take care of the mundane allows you so much more freedom to make time for fun so for me that is meal planning I meal plan religiously every week it kind of takes the stress out of that what's for dinner question because you know everyone in the family is going to ask so one little tip I like to do I assign each day of the week a theme of sorts for meal planning so for example. Tuesdays in our house, every Tuesday, Taco Tuesdays. We switch up the toppings and the fillings every week to kind of keep things interesting. And same thing with Wednesdays. We do a pasta night every Wednesday and, you know, try new pasta recipes throughout the week. But keeping those themes just makes it simple when you're planning. Um, And I have to tell you, Chris, this time of year, we're grilling outside at least twice a week because I love combining some outdoor family fun with the dinner prep, so the kids can kind of run around, play a game, while you relax and start to get dinner prepped and ready, and you all enjoy these these nice,
0: warmer months together. I, you can do just about anything on the grill. So you know, again, we've waited for a long time to get this uh, to get this nice weather. Let's take advantage of it. Again, uh, mom and lifestyle expert Marissa Brainy with us this morning. Where do we get more info?
2: You can follow me on Instagram at mbrainy or check out my website, marissabrainy.com.
0: What you need to make the most out of the nicer weather and the longer days of spring. Marissa Brainy, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. And that'll put a wraps on our podcast for today. want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. We are always on 24-7 on the World Wide Web. Coming up tomorrow on the show, after the shot, then what? What is it going to take for life to feel more normal? And when may that happen? Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.